0: Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. COVID has switched my attention to MLB games, but players develop at that level as well, until they no longer do. If you have questions about the, about Cubs development, fire away on the contest line at Tim815 on Twitter or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. Welcome to the show, Justin Steele. And ask me questions if I was confusing. We spend our time where it is valued, and I don't wish to waste yours. I was listening to an audiobook, and as the audiobook finished, I flipped on my Twitter, which is pretty much my first stop after listening to an audiobook and a number of people were commenting on how the Cubs were calling up Justin Steele. Well, I had some work to do. Steele was a 2014 fifth-round draft pick out of Loosedale, Mississippi, St. George High School, I think. Something like that. Something, George. Um, 2014 fifth-round pick. Now, perhaps you remember the 2014 draft as being the selection process by which the Cubs selected Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber was a bit of a surprise at the fourth pick, and I wasn't too happy with it at the time. I wanted Nola, the guy who's pitching for the Phillies, but when the Cubs drafted Schwarber, it's like, "Hmm, okay, well, whatever, I hope they're saving some money on that, and they can bounce back later and get some pitching. Well, they did end up getting some pitch, uh, some pitching. Um, actually, I wanted something in high school prospects, pitching, hitters, whichever. But in the 2014 draft, in succession, the Cubs drafted Justin Steele, Carson Sands, and Dylan Cease. And I think Sands went fourth. Steele went went fifth and Cease went sixth. Something like the Sixth round. So much of the money that they saved on Schwarber, they were able to transfer that to three high school arms. And, boy, those three arms have run the gamut. Carson Sands was a left-hander out of Florida somewhere. And he was a an all-star in 2016 at South Bend. He was a Midwest League all-star. About two days before his all-star announcement was announced, his elbow started hurting. I think I have the timing about right. And it wasn't bad enough for him to immediately go on the injured list, but his numbers just completely went south. And there, and you'll find a whole lot of prospect Well, if you talk to prospect people, a lot of them will say, well, I was never a huge fan of Carson Sands anyway. Well, you'll look at the numbers in his 2014 season, you kind of see why. But the way I look at it, if a guy's an all-star... He had a good first half of the season, and I'm a huge fan of if a prospect is doing well at a certain level and is probably in line for an all-star season, particularly at the A level or the advanced A level, leave him there. Leave him there. Get him one all-star appearance in minor league ball. One all-star appearance in minor league ball because that can never be taken away. Carson Sands was an all-star in the Midwest League. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, he was. He earned it. And shortly thereafter, or shortly before, whichever, his body started to not work as well. And he stopped being a useful pitcher. And he was effectively done after whatever his injury was. I think it was elbow, loose, something in his elbow, I don't know whatever, but he he never really got back. And so but they had, Carson Carson Sands was an All-Star. Dylan Cease were most of us are somewhat familiar with him. He was in the trade with the White Sox for Jose Quintana and Justin Steele is the third member of the Triumvirate of high school arms the Cubs selected that year. And probably today, maybe tomorrow, Steele will make his major league debut. And that's always a cool thing. A left-hander, I think he's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I was listening on the night in 2017 when he suffered his injury that led to his Tommy John surgery. Steele had been doing very well in 2017. I was kind of specifically listening to listen to hear him pitch, and he was doing rather well, and then he walked around behind the mound, and out came the catcher, out came the manager, out came the trainer, out went Justin Steele, and that was about the last I heard of him for quite a while, because... When a player in the minor leagues gets injured, there aren't really a whole lot of reports of this is what's going on, that's what's going on. There's no information because I don't have to know. It's a need-to-know basis. I don't have to know what the problem is with a certain player. So since I don't have to know, I don't know. There's no need for the Cubs to send me a telex or shoot me a tweet or anything along those lines. If a player is injured in the Cubs pipeline, he's injured until he's not. With Steele, he came back in less than a year from Tommy John surgery. Now that doesn't happen very often. He was back in less than a year and he was chucking. He did very well in 2018 in a very short time frame. They didn't want to push him, but they uh, got enough out of him so that he had represented quite well. And made the forty-man roster. And 2019 was basically a disaster. He was 0-6 in Double A ball. But then again, when you go to Double A ball for the first time, you just never know. Double A is where the teeth get cut. You know, it. it you can do perfectly well in A ball and advanced A, but when you get to Double A level. That's where it, pretty much everybody's good there. You almost have to be you almost have to be good to be starting at double A. And Steele struggled there. And his 2019 wasn't very good. Coming into 2020, they kept him around. They didn't um non-tender him. They kept him in the pipeline. And he's been in South Bend with the minor league players. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but the Cubs bullpen has scuffled a little bit. Just a little tiny bit this year. Just a little tiny bit. So somebody is getting sent back to South Bend and someone else and Justin Steele is joining the 30-man roster, not the 25-man roster, the 30-man roster. And... Oh, excuse me. So, um, that—that's—that is the logical way to do things. People mistakenly switch into emotion overdrive. The Cubs have to designate Craig Kimbre- Kimbrell for assignment. Why have they to? No, they don't have to. They're not required to. There's no mandate. I've seen, through the years, about 500 people, give or take, saying the Cubs should designate for assignment Tyler Chatwood. Oh, that was real popular. That was real popular in 2018. It was somewhat popular at the start of 2019. But now there are two things I don't see. One is, hmm, huh, I was wrong. The Cubs shouldn't have designated Tyler Chatwood back when he was struggling. that I, I, I don't see that. People love to backseat drive, and when they're wrong, they love to not. Admit that they were wrong. So you'll see people designate this guy, designate that guy. But when it turns out that they're wrong, uh, one other thing that I don't see very often is a whole lot of interest in trying out specific other players. The Cubs are trying... A lot of times, oh, bring in somebody anybody? No. Name me the player. If you're the type of baseball fan, and it's totally good if you are, no worries about it. I really don't know anything about other players. I'm just watching the game and enjoying it and trying to learn. I love that response. That's wonderful because you're admitting that your opinion shouldn't really be valued on player transactions. That that That's that's very astute. It, when people do that, it, it's uh, it, it's wonderful when I hear that. But uh, when when people are, the Cubs ought to do designate Craig Kimbrel for assignment. That I don't know that he'll do anything, but he could figure it out. And since the money's already spent, might as well keep him around until you have a specific player. That's better. Now, the Cubs have brought up Justin Steele. He may be reasonably good from his first Major League outing. Or maybe he won't be. Because pitching at the Major League level is very hard. It's hard to throw strikes at the Major League level. It's hard to get the pitcher, the hitters to chase at the major league level. At least a whole lot more difficult than at A ball. The hitters are a lot better. The the um. Generally, the running is better. So you know, you, if you if you get the uh, shot up the gap, it's going to be a double or triple instead of a single. So yeah, it's it's very difficult to pitch to the major league level and. If you're expecting Justin Steele to be a game-changer immediately, don't. Just don't. There's basically five levels of relief pitcher. When you get called up, you're a no-leverage type. None. Not at all. You're gonna, if you're going to be brought into a game, it's probably going to be in a situation where it's 7-2, to two, one way or the other. If you're down 7-2 to in the 7th or 8th inning, you bring in a guy, hey, go out there, show us what you got. Uh, um, kind of a bit like Dwayne Underwood had the one time. He came in, and it was a blowout game, and he came in, and he did really well. He impressed people. Sometimes, um, by default, a, pl- a pitcher is brought in in a leverage situation in his first shot. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But don't assume based on. I've I made that mistake before. Don't make a mis, Don't assume based on one appearance that that is exactly totally what the guy's going to be. When I'm getting used to guys in the minor leagues, it takes me about eight or ten listens before I start to get things put together. Um, whether I'm jotting thing jotting down notes or not, it you. It's, it's not a one outing will explain everything. Sort of a, Steele will be an education and maybe he'll be ready, maybe he won't. If he is effective early, don't assume that he's always going to be effective. If he's Ineffective the first time out. Don't assume that it will always be ineffective. There's going to be a range. And try to take a little bit from each of his outings. Um, it's nice that he's up with the team now. One thing I was going to comment on even before Steele was called up. I generally approve of the way the Cubs are handling their minor leagues so far. Their 60 player pool, I think, is about at 57, or maybe it's 58, but I think it's about 57. So if there is somebody that becomes available, they have some room. In their minor league pool, they really don't have a whole lot of hitters, but they really don't need a whole lot of hitters because if they end up having a whole bunch of injuries or COVID cases, well, it's kind of obvious now, Major League Baseball isn't going to say, okay, you, you have four players with COVID. So what we're going to do is make you make roster changes to have a bona fide team. No, that's not, that's not what, what's happening. The Marlins, when they were down a whole bunch of players, the games got suspended. The games got delayed. The games got postponed. The Cardinals and Brewers, it wasn't a case of, okay, you have these four or five players that can't go. Well, you better bring up seven or eight or nine guys from your uh, minor league pool to fill in for them and make sure you get the games in. That's not how it's being played. If the Cubs have a spate of injuries or... if. I still don't think the season's going to completion. And getting a look at Justin Steele. Possibly in a couple days, getting another look at Adbert Um, Another look at... You know, just get looks at the players who are in AAA and let the players who are lower-level prospects, for instance, a Burl Caraway or a... Brennan Davis, let them keep doing what they're doing in South Bend, get used to the tougher competition. Hey, maybe it'll work out. But I I, I like the idea of not extending things. And the, in signing, what was it, Cody Allen, who used to be with the Indians? He's probably got nothing left. Probably has nothing left. However, there's that, what, 10 15% chance that he will be able to figure it out and be at least adequate and better than some of the guys that they have. If that ends up happening, cool, excellent. But if it doesn't happen, if he's not getting people out, if he, if Brennan Davis against Cody Allen is a mismatch in favor of Brennan Davis, then Cody Allen is probably going away. And if that happens, what? The Cubs will keep adding players as necessary, and when they release players, it's going to be more along the lines of releasing a Cody Allen if he's not getting people out than someone else. Toss in the Dylan Maples premise of will he ever figure it out? I don't know if he ever will. I have no idea. Um, Possibly he'll need to go to a different system to figure it out. But you want to push that decision off for as long as possible. And hopefully they don't have to abruptly let Maples go. But if there's a player that completely makes sense and Maples for someone they actually see as a possible longer-term piece, well, that, that would be a consideration. Um... So, Justin Steele will probably pitch either today or tomorrow, maybe Tuesday. And when he comes out, don't assume anything. Those mid-90s. Good enough curve, good enough fastball, if they work. If they're off, like they were in 2019, he doesn't have a good either one of them. But don't rush to conclusions. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't assume that Somebody said this so he's going to be really good. Somebody said this so he's going to be really bad. If you're watching, if you're listening, take notes. Ah, Look actually kind of good on this pitch. This pitch kind of looked like it was struggling a little bit. Don't hurry in baseball. The only, only reason to hurry in baseball is if you're trying to go first to third on a single or first to home on a double. And if you're Trying to get used to, is Justin Steele a worthwhile long-term piece? Take your time. Be casual about it. There's no rush on that. He'll prove it or he won't. And when people do the, I'm going to assess how well a player is going to do at the major league level based on how well he's doing in advanced day, Fine. Go ahead, do it. I'm not going to because I don't think I have enough information yet to tell you what Justin Steele's going to do because he's had good years and he's had bad years, he's had good years, and he's had uh, big struggles. And what he does, the next two outings aren't necessarily going to be what he's going to do. The two outings following that, And it may be a situation where he needs to get the old cup of coffee and get his face smashed in a time or two, and then get sent back down to South Bend and try to work on what he has to so he's more prepared the next time. Players continue to develop until they stop developing. That's why we're here. We want to look at players' development and steal. Today is a good day day is a good day because Steele is going to get a chance to work with a big club and possibly come in and try to get josh bell out in the seventh inning or something as shaky as the cubs bullpen has been Steele does figure to get a look and if who is it today is it i can't even remember who's starting today um Steel should get a look and enjoy it. Don't, um, don't criticize him if he throws a ball. Don't boo. Booing is fool- foolish anyway. And, oh, by the way, one thing someone was telling me on Twitter, a Pirates fan, was telling me that fans, when one of the two Pirates pitchers was injured yesterday, the first one, the starting pitcher, was it... Keller, Keller, the starting pitcher, got injured, and as he was leaving, some of the fans, presumably up in the, um, up, up on the, up in the, uh, seats on the rooftops. There, that's the term I was looking for. The rooftop seats. We're doing the na na hey hey goodbye. No 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 no. no. If a player is injured. That's a bad thing. That's the worst possible thing. If you're with someone and they're cheering the injury of a player on the other team, kick them in the shins six or eight times. And if that doesn't get them to stop saying, nah, nah, hey, hey, goodbye, kick them in the privates until they puke out their liver. Don't cheer player injuries. Just don't. It makes all Cubs fans look bad. So don't cheer player injuries. Take notes when Justin Steele comes in. Call me on the concert line. Call me on the uh, contest line. Tell me how you thought he did. And uh, just enjoy it. The premise of calling a player up and giving him a look, don't expect him to be totally ready. Don't expect him to look like a 12 year veteran yet. Don't expect him to have Kyle Hendricks command yet. He may at some point have good command. He may never have good command, but when a player comes up, be supportive. The best moment of the 2019 season for my money was when Elzelay came off the mound and the fans gave him a standing ovation. That was a the highlight of my season because again, with Elzelay, that, that uh, standing ovation, much like Justin Steele's all-star game in the Midwest League, can never be taken away. Be supportive, be respectful, and enjoy the game. Thanks for stopping by pre Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to make that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go, and be nice to people.